0: Everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I'm a former gay stripper. Yep, that's right, you heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ. This podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me, and educate those who aren't like me. I want to talk but I really want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2020. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Now, before we get started, I want to let everyone know that this podcast is free to listen to, and we do accept donations, and we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, Click on the description and you'll find the link to become a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my link tree where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. On today's episode, we have the awesome Gabriel Pagan. Um, He is a minister and he has an awesome ministry called God of the Rainbow. How are you doing today, Gabriel?
1: Hey, I'm doing so good, dude. I'm very
0: excited. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm so glad that you're here with us and that we get to talk to you. So for those of you who don't know Gabriel, um, we basically, I, I've known him because I've seen him in a, kind of the same social circles um, that we run in in ministry. He was a part of the um, the freedom march that took place in Orlando which it's just a bunch of um, people who have actually left the homosexual lifestyle and they want to declare their freedom um, in Christ so that was the first time that I saw him and then I added him on Instagram and he's been really cool he's been posting some stuff that I really really like and I just really wanted to have him on the podcast
1: <laughs> yes
0: So Gabriel, tell me, um, tell me a little bit about your story and tell me a little bit about your testimony.
1: Yeah. So um, I would say I had a normal Bible Belt Christian family experience. I grew, I went to church every Sunday since I was born pretty much. Um, And I can't really recall a time saying that I ever experienced God or met him or knew him. I just kind of, did the right behaviors and assumed that that was what I was supposed to do. Around the time that I was 8 or 9 years old, I was molested and I was exposed to pornography and um, sexual activity um, and that kind of opened the door for me looking back I would say for same sex attraction because majority of my experience was with a boy and soon after I was always fixated on the men and the pornography because that's all I knew, you know, I'd never seen another naked girl. So mm-hmm. that uh, brought me into a place of, I would say, compulsive masturbation. That was like my secret way of escaping and getting away and, you know, exploring when I was little. And pornography was definitely a fuel for that. And to the time, I mean, I was definitely bullied, you know, outside of, you know, this secret thing that had happened. I never really vocalized any things about other boys or. Even the opposite sex, I was just a normal kid who just wanted to laugh at school. But I was always bullied and called a faggot. Um, You know, every name you could think of, gay Gabe, the whole nine. And so, you know, after a while, when people start speaking these things over you, you start wondering like, what about me makes me different, and why do I, why am I like this? So, Mm -hmm. I had um, started to question, is this what I really am? And when I found out what homosexuality was, when I was in the church. You know, hearing, like, if homosexuals don't repent, they'll burn, and just even hearing how it was talked about in my own home that I grew up in, it just made me feel like I was just, like, signed, sealed, and delivered to hell, and, um, I just figured that I, this is who I am, this is what, this is my identity, so that went on to high school, the porn and the excessive masturbation, and then I found you know, because the porn that I was introduced to is off a magazine, and then you find, like, high-speed internet and videos of pornography and live-action stuff, and it's, like, a whole different world, and, um, I was seeing, you know, I can't remember feeling, like, something, like, really, like, shocked my mind, or, like, this feeling of, like, this intense, like, like, burning like, fiery, weird sensation when I started going after this stuff. It was, like, something. I was, like, inflamed with lust, and I had to have porn. I had to see. I was so excited that I found a way to get it, and I remember seeing the community uploads, and so I'm around 14, 15 at this time, and I remember seeing the community upload section and guys going to go hook up in the bathroom and all this stuff, and I was like, hey, that, these places are around me. Like, I could do this. This is what you do. This is normal there's not, like, a waiver, like, hey, this is what sex addiction looks like. Hey, you can get kidnapped or raped. Hey, 15-year-olds shouldn't probably be doing this, you know? There's no <laughs> way for people to actually monitor how old you are, excuse me, whenever you're looking at porn. um, But for the most part, that was where I would say I learned about, like, my sexuality was, you know the community upload section, seeing what people were doing, seeing these different fetishes, and so I started acting out what I saw in public, and it led to me almost being kidnapped once, and just some other things where I found myself in really risky places, and, you know, bad situations, and I got to a place where I was suicidal, and I could not control my sex addiction, and um and it you know i always kind of when i share this people are like you know just because you're a sex addict doesn't mean that this is wrong and i'm like okay like the only outcome of my own choices was like further and further down a pit it wasn't like you know what i mean like people's mindsets like are warped by pornography So, it's not like just normal, like really soft, intimate things. It's like people are wanting to experiment and use you. And I didn't know that. And so, whenever I stepped into this world of just crazy sexuality, it really brought me into a really low place mentally. Like I said, I was very suicidal, and that carried on all the way till I dropped out of school. I was in a band, my band broke up, everything was falling apart, and I was like, if something doesn't change, I'm just going to end it, and Mm -hmm. so, um, for the most part, I, um, decided that I'm just going to do something, I had a motivation out of nowhere, I had an influence locally in the music scene, and people, you know, kind of followed my posts on social media, and so... I just said one day I felt motivated to change my life, and this guy reached out to me and said that the spirit of Christ put that in me. And I was like, okay, let's hang out. And at this time, I thought he was kind of cute. It's like he had that kind of like, you know, daddy vibe. So I was like, let's yeah. get together. <laughs> and um, it turned out that he was actually a solid Christian and not just somebody who was fishing or lurking. Yeah. Yeah. It, he shared about Jesus with me, but it wasn't like the main focus of our conversation. We just really hung out. And so it was a very just normal conversation. And he said to me that I believe Jesus is reaching out to you. And I said, I've heard this my entire life in the Bible Belt. I mean, everybody and their mom says you need to get right with God. Mm. So I just said, God, if you still want me, please save me. And that's when the Holy Spirit literally fell like fire on me in my driveway. Um, and it was definitely like one of the most unemotional prayers. Like I said, I was, <laughs> I grew up in a very Baptist church. I wasn't really around like what you would call like a charismatic church or whatever. Of course had experienced God in my driveway, which he then uh, brought me to a Bible study the following week and invited me to hang out with his pastor who so became my pastor and he practically let me live with him. And over the course of the next couple of months I had radical encounters with God. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had demons cast out of me I wow. had prophetic visions of stuff that was, like, in the Bible but that I didn't know. Um, wow. About, like my, like, my own personal encounters with the Lord. Um, like, I saw my baby in heaven. You know, I, I dated this girl as a cover-up, and she got pregnant, and um, she had an abortion, and Jesus showed me that, you know, the life that I was choosing to... Because when I got saved, it was really hard to face, like, the stuff that I did, you know, as a gay man. Yeah. And so um i started like really backsliding and drinking till i blacked out a lot and Mm smoking all the time and the lord showed me that i was entering into a covenant with like my old lifestyle after receiving him and if i did i wouldn't see my daughter in heaven the lord showed me all kind of crazy stuff and the most significant one was jesus stepping in and taking me to a memory where i was first touched and he picked me up and he held me and Um, the, the love of God was so strong. I just remember telling him I would never sleep again with another man if I had his presence like that. And, um, eight years later, I'm still holding true to that and by, you know, his spirit, I mean, he's transformed me and, um, I'm married. I have a son on the way next month and yeah, so I've kind of given my life to the gospel and the and the focus of helping the sexually broken and the mentally ill and wanting to see them find freedom and connect with God's voice.
0: That is so incredible, man. So you said this was eight years ago, so the first time that you received um God, how how old were you in the driveway?
1: Um, I was
0: nineteen. Nineteen, wow, that's incredible. I mean personally for me, uh, I think I was I was 22 when i first um received jesus so i always wanted to be like i remember in middle school (laughs) i wanted to be like a teen that would just dedicate his whole life to god but uh that obviously became very difficult especially with all the problems that i was having you know sexually so i mean i'm i'm so glad to just be able to hear your testimony and to hear like all the ways that the lord was able to just remove you from those circumstances and put you in into this circumstance. And let me let's just go real deep into all of those things. So, when you when you first received um God and you were um and you were being changed, what was the main goal like because a lot of people in the church, they there's this new thing going around. Well, I don't I don't know if it's new, but it's always been going around, but it's like You're only truly saved out of homosexuality if you get married and if you have children, and that kind of becomes the proof. So, like, what was your, like, when you first came to God, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, oh, I need to get married in order for this to really be true? Or am I just going to fall in love with Jesus? Like, where's your stance on that?
1: I didn't care about any of that. Like, no Mm -hmm. one was trying to sell me on marriage,
0: you Mm -hmm.
1: know? I had prophetic words. From people saying like God showed me like this would happen for you but I remember at the time like I was so encountered by God that I just wanted to be you know where people were I wanted to prophesy to people I wanted to minister to people like my focus is just on like the gospel mm-hmm. and um, I was planning a church I mean the whole nine and so like dating wasn't really a super focus of mine Um, I tried dating, but, you know, a lot of my experiences was I was having a hard time because I felt like, and this is not a job at girls, but, you know, they didn't know what they wanted. And I knew what I wanted. So (laughs) it was kind of like a, kind of like a frustration, you know? Um, so I was like, I'm not going to date unless God tells me that this person's supposed to be your wife. And definitely didn't hold true to that. I remember when I first started really kind of like, not necessarily feeling lonely, but I definitely wanted someone, you know, to, like, share my life with. And
0: Of course. The first time
1: that I, like, super, because, I mean, I dated a girl, and it was, like, a cover-up. And I had to, like, self-start, if you will, um, mm-hmm. to get things rolling. But the idea of, like, holding a girl's hand, like, that never used to, like, stimulate me or sound exciting. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time when I really, like, it wasn't even something that I prayed into. I wasn't like, God, would you please just, like, do a work in my body? And just, like, and I'm not saying people who do that should not do that. But it wasn't like a, like, I didn't care. Like, I just wanted to be, like, where God was. Yeah. And and where he was moving. Not, I mean, obviously God's on my presence. But, like, where is God currently radically moving in the body of Christ? And um, I remember I told this girl that... I had feelings with her and she called me and she told me too. And I remember like instant like I had an instant erection or whatever and I was just like, There's no way this happened. God did this for me. I didn't even try. This is dope. <laughs> is this what puberty's like? This is nuts. Oh wow, and, yeah. Um knowing that like I didn't have to like twist his arm into that, like I did I just sought the kingdom first and you know my desire for family is something that he put in my heart so he would also give the abilities to make that happen. And so from there on out, it was just, like, it was really wild. You know, like, my experience with women was it was harder to be pure than it was, like, to be gay. Like, I didn't really have a desire to go be a man anymore. It was just, like, when I was around a girl that I was, like, actually emotionally involved with, like, being pure was a lot harder because it was more real. It was more natural. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, we weren't using each other, so to speak. For the most part, I did not really have, like, the focus. Like, I've got to get married in, like, six months to prove that I'm not gay. Like, I didn't really yeah. care what people
0: thought. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. It's it's tough because, you know, everyone has different circumstances. For, for example, like, with that freedom march that we went to, there were some individuals who, um, they haven't married, you know, they've decided that they're going to be celibate. There are other individuals who um, have married, who the Lord, you know, supernaturally gave them, um, uh, uh, like, sexual feelings for the opposite gender, so now they're not so much attracted to the same-sex gender, but they're um, attracted to their spouse, and then there are other individuals that are still in the work and in the process of just, like, wanting to be able to have a marriage, Um, And then, you know, there's just other people who are just like, you know, I don't want any of that. I just want Jesus. And that's kind of like where I am a little bit. It's just like I've always said that heterosexuality is not the goal. Like intimacy with Jesus Christ is the goal. And obviously, just like you, I want to be able to one day get married and have kids. But if that doesn't happen for me, like it doesn't really matter because what's the most important for me And also the message that I try to spread to other people is that it's the intimacy with Jesus Christ that really really counts It's the intimacy that we should be living for every single day So I mean another question that I could ask you is What was your experience with Christian community versus uh, the gay community? Were you ever like involved at all with the gay community did you go out to the clubs did you have a set of friends that were gay and how did that compare to um you know your the new friends in christianity and the community in christianity
1: my experience with the gay community i wasn't necessarily old enough to go into the clubs, and i mean like i said i got saved at 19 yeah but from 15 to 19 i was dealing with most like adults were doing you know like i was hitting up the bathrooms hitting up welcome centers like going around and like being naked in public like i had like an experience that really traumatized me but also gave me this fetish Where like in my mind i wanted to get raped
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, so like for the most part like my interactions with people who were like me was it was always based around sex or like lusting after somebody or talking about sex or like in the context of party like yeah was not like a let's just hang out and talk like that didn't really exist yeah and everyone was trying like everyone was like you know going you know like not psycho but they wanted they wanted to, to do stuff and they get out there in the gay life so bad and then my experience with the christian community i would say for the most part my my group of people loved me very well there wasn't a lot of like focused discipleship, I thought of what my pastor did, to help people like me, um, but, you know, people had asked me my story, and they really were like, you're so brave for doing this, and sharing your story, and, you know, you give me hope for this person in my family, and, um, I think, for the most part, um, it wasn't like what I expected, like, I didn't know, like, I had been around religious people, so, like, when I came into like a kingdom paradigm, I was just like my heart was like, if you are acting like this, I'm about to disciple you. Like if you are mm-hmm. coming to me and you're gonna act like crazy towards me, I'm just gonna like let's just let's just see where Jesus is in this conversation and let's go from there. Like my heart was not to um I was definitely not in a mindset of like playing games. Like I was very much like I wanted to see revival happen. Um so a lot of people around me were like-minded it wasn't a very harsh transition except for i just lost pretty much like all my friends yeah and um so i was just like whatever dude like god is real i'm seeing people mm-hmm. get healed i saw people like huh, that were I, I remember i met this guy in Atlanta who was shot um and he was walking with a cane. I remember praying for him, and he didn't even need his cane anymore. And I was just like, "What is going on? This is so X Files." <laughs> like, yeah. God is real. Yeah. And just so those things were like staple moments where I'm like, I can go back to people who couldn't care less. Like they only wanted me to like party with them, and I was only fun if I was drinking. Yeah. Versus like this stuff where God was just freely interacting with me, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna go with God.
0: Of course, yeah. Man, that I I always see that cuz since I grew up in the church, um I've always seen the supernatural happened like right before me. So even now, sometimes it's like, wow. But it's also for me just like not even a shock anymore because I'm like, yep, that's who God is. Like, I've known that since I was a little kid. So to see see other people who haven't seen God move and work in those kind of ways and their first reaction to it is like, what the heck? This is like how you said, so X-Files, like it's supernatural. Like I get super excited and I'm just like, I love seeing the Lord currently move. But, yeah, as far as um, the gay community and the Christian community, like, for me, it was a a little bit differently, like, for sure. Um, In the gay community, I had a lot of individuals, like, for example, like how you said, like, it was a lot of lusting. It was a lot of sex. It was a lot, it was like tr- relationships were very transactional. But there was the two or three or four, you know, individuals in, in in that world that almost were kind of lost and confused like me. And they wanted to love people, but they didn't know how to love people. So they gave it their best shot. And it was it was hard for me, even transitioning from, the homosexual lifestyle into a Christian um, lifestyle because those individuals were like, "What the heck? I thought we were friends. I thought this is what's who we were." you know, um, and me being just like, well, now I really love Jesus, and I hope that you can see that, and I hope that you can understand that, and some individuals were like, yes, we understand, and some individuals were like, no, we do not understand, and, you know, I lost a lot of friends just like that, just they, they didn't want anything to do with me, and they considered me to be a bad person, um, or a homophobe, or whatever, it was the case, so, um, but even going into Christianity, that's why I asked what your experience was, because There's so many different types of experiences. Like for me, it was almost like people, they loved hearing my testimony, but they didn't want to deal with me as a person. Like, and I don't know if that's ever happened to that. It's just like, oh my gosh, yes, like the Lord saved you and glory to God. And we're going to use you and we're going to use your story. And just like, look, like here, this is an example of what we're trying to prove. Like we have a, we have a point that we want to get across and we're just using you for that point. And then, but they don't even actively want to, like, be in your life. They don't want to love you like Jesus would love, and they don't want to take care of you. And I I had some people like that that I found in church that were just like, wow, how great. Like, the Lord's changed you. Cool. Um, And then I had other people who were, like, you know, stayed for the long haul, who were just not, not just there because of what the Lord had done in my life um, to I guess, prove that I was, that, that Christ loved me, you know? But I had other individuals that just were there because they're just like, wow, God is moving and I want to help you and I want to show uh, Christ's love um to you, you know? So so then what else? Like, since coming to Christ um, and having your initial encounter, what was some of the things that the Lord really dealt with you? Like, what was some things that you learned, you know? Like, uh, do you have any experiences or learnings that you want to be able to share with those who... You know, or maybe a, like, yes, I know that Jesus is true, but I still feel this type of way, or, you know, I'm not really understanding these types of concepts. Like, what were some concepts that the Lord showed you and some experiences he walked you through during your journey with Christ?
1: I think um, temptation, um, knowing that it's not not a sign of a wounding that you have or a lifestyle or a sin choice that you want to, like, your temptations can't change because Satan can't create. Um, knowing that porn 98% of the time is eroticized wounds or like regular social um, or emotional needs Um, like I said the whole daddy thing, like when I realized I didn't have to look that up I could just have a healthy relationship with a man who wants to be present as a father in my life Mm It doesn't come at the exchange of sex like it really I had to get through a grieving period. Like, I was really pissed off. But at the same time, it was very freeing. Like, God was pulling off this this pornographic, like, layer of my mind where it was like, everything has to be met this way. This is the transaction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, like, understanding, like, you know, certain types of the things that I was bound to, like, there was a reason. And so, if you can get to the root. You don't have to stress out over the fruit that was where a lot of my freedom came in like i was you know if i had thoughts i would be like oh that's just the devil like that's just not the devil a devil Mm -hmm. a demon like trying to throw an arrow at my mind like yeah and i'm not saying that you can't have negative thoughts because sometimes that comes out of your own soul but for the most part i'm like that's just kind of what god thinks about me like i just yeah i i had solid teaching that really helped me grow i think the Mm -hmm. hardest thing was facing my emotions Mm-hmm. and really understanding that sometimes the pain that doesn't go away isn't something that you need to pray away. It's something that you need to grow through. A lot of times we want God to completely zap and heal, but you know if we're constantly giving ourselves over to sex, in order to mature, you have to have growth pain.
0: Yeah, so come on. a lot
1: of things aren't demonic warfare or bondage. It's just the consequences of your own actions. And if you allow god to be god and you don't try to twist his arm into doing something intimacy is the solution through those pressures where you come out loving him more and trusting him more versus relying on your feelings to be like the truth teller yeah and um you know even with anxiety and stuff like that like knowing that like my emotions are kind of like my ability to just stop and Handle pain was very handicapped. You know, like I had a the pain tolerance of a kid, mm-hmm. basically because I stopped maturing. All I knew was sex, so I had to refeel mm-hmm. these things in order to know that they wouldn't kill me. That's a me really off.
0: interesting point, right there. Just like, uh, um, like the that you stopped maturing as a kid. Like, do you think that's that's like prominent within the gay community? Like, especially people who are oh, dealing oh, with same sex attraction.
1: I think. For most people that I've ever talked to that have left a lifestyle, the hardest thing they have to do is face their emotions without a way to numb or medicate or escape. Like, they don't want to sit in the anxiety. They don't want to sit in the anger or the bitterness or the trauma. Mm-hmm. It's way easier to masturbate.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: real faith, real maturity, real, you know, like, gusto. Like, the whole backbone comes from when you don't run from your issues. But essentially, that's why people choose sex. Like they're running from the rejection. They're running from the pain. And it's easier to live life this way because it must be who they are. But God pulls the blindfolds off and says, yes, there are some hurdles and it's not an easy road. But if you walk this way, you never have to sell yourself short again.
0: Yeah. And so. if we give those like burdens, if we give those hurdles over to the Lord, he'll be able to help us with those things. and I, I definitely understand that, like, for me, it was even coming to Christ, it was such a radical change, but then really spending time with Jesus, he started to show me the areas that I was, like, lacking in, that I was, uh, you know, whatever, when I felt lonely or when I felt hurt, I would immediately run to self-gratification, which was, you know, pornography, because I I didn't want to run to sex anymore with guys, but pornography was so available, And, um, and I was running away from my issues. And I think I heard, I actually heard someone speak about that, how most people in, um, who have same sex attraction, like they're almost like they've stopped growing like as a child emotionally. So everything becomes a codependency. So they have like this codependency and it's not just with same sex attraction. A lot of heterosexuals have this too. So not to rule them as that, but it's anyone who just tries to run away from their, emotions and from their traumas and being able to... The difference is between the world and between Christians is that Christians... We don't have to run away, but we don't have to face them either. We face them with God's help. So we say, "Lord, this is the problems that I'm dealing with right now. I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling abused. I'm I'm feeling traumatized. Um would you be able to take a look at this and just like diminish it from my life? Um would you be able to just carry this weight for me?" So I think that definitely speaks multitudes. I also like what, speaking of, of daddies and these type of like um, the sexuality and attraction towards like men of the um, old, old, older, men who are older and more mature, um, what do you think is the fascination behind that? What's the, what's the pool of like of guys, let's say, who are same-sex attraction, who want to have men who are older than them and lust after them?
1: I think the ability to, you know, the idea um, of getting near another man's penis that is older or being able to see it, like mm-hmm. we translate that with emotional intimacy. Like he's letting me get this close, he's finishing, wow. he's finishing on me, or he's giving me this, like he's giving me the most intimate part of himself. Wow. Um, that is usually what we wanted with our father. Like we wanted that intimacy, we wanted that affection. We Mm -hmm. wanted that connection and, you know, like we wanted it from a male with power. We wanted a man that was strong. And so even sometimes the body types can be like we were looking for, like sometimes we even left after the body type that our own dad had. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, it kind of fluctuates the same way depending on how the relationship was. They, you know, they want... It's like the way that it gets offered is obviously like perverted, but it's usually like you can look at whatever the person is lusting after. And I usually just ask them, like, what was your relationship like with your dad? And so some people are like super after those like dads that have money and da-da-da because their dad might have had money, but they never bought them anything, and their dad only paid for drugs and alcohol or what have you. or You know, like it, it, yeah. it's different layers and different veins. Yeah, but usually you can find the root and just follow how each individual because it's not like a uh, it's not like a formula. Of course, it's like a baseline of. Yeah, this person is lusting after this kind of man because this is how the trajectory of this family went.
0: Yes, and that's so good. I mean, and we know this even for heterosexuals. Like usually if a woman is a promiscuous woman, it would relate to because she didn't have a good relationship with her father, you know? Like if you go to the strip club and and you find these girls who are undressing, it's usually a lot of people would say, oh, she had a bad dad, like she didn't have a good father figure because even Satan knows that if he can destroy the family, he can destroy everything that should, like the good fruit that comes from the family, he can destroy the children and the generations that come from that. So what essentially what you're saying Is that whatever this child was lacking in his life um, from their father or from their mother, you know, from the girl side. And it works obviously a little bit different. Right now we're just focusing on the males. But it works a little bit differently for the females. I know that for sure when it comes to sexuality. But at least for the males, it's like when the males are lusting and um, they are attracted to daddies or men in their life. It's almost because they want um, that intimacy with their fathers that they were never able to get and so now the devil has basically just perverted that normal natural intimacy that they should have been able to have as a child and taken it with them through adulthood and then now um is essentially trying to steal that intimacy or take that intimacy from a man who also is looking for that intimacy as well so, th- I mean, that's that's deep. And I once heard this this guy's uh, testimony, his name's Alessio. He said something that was just so true to me, and I'm sure maybe it's true to you as well. It was just like every time that he slept with a man, it was almost like he wanted to steal their masculinity. Like he wanted to uh, take what was, um, what made that man a man, because he, in his own eyes, he could not see himself as a man. And like you said, it's not a formula for everyone. Every, each Every person's sexual desire like comes about in weird different ways depending on their childhood um, traumas or the things that they didn't get when they were a child. Um, but and for me, just specifically, like whenever I would lust after men, it was always men who were more masculine than me, who I felt like, oh my gosh, if that person would just accept me and be intimate with me, um, then I would feel like I'm man I would feel masculine So it's definitely like I think something that If if addressed correctly with the Lord Like praying into that Like how would how, how What would be your advice Like how would you be able to bring that to God Like if someone is struggling with that, that Right now they're listening to this podcast And they're like you know what All of this sounds very true to me Like I, I do lust after guys Because of I feel like that reason Like but I don't know what to do What should that person do
1: I would say if it just depends on the context of what they're wanting to do. Like, obviously, freedom is only truly found in Jesus. So, if they're willing to invest in, you know, like discipleship, following Jesus at all costs, I would tell them to start writing out their feelings. God, Mm -hmm. I want to look up, you know, daddies. I want to see this kind of scene. Like, that's what I want more than anything. I don't want to pray. I don't want to do this. Write that out. And just sit there, feel it, and then say, but what are you saying? And listen to your thoughts. Listen to what comes up that might be a different perspective. Listen, you know, have some soft worship music on, but wait until you hear his voice, because he's not going to leave you in silence. Um, And allow the Lord into those places where he uh, makes sure that you know that you're safe to communicate those kind of attractions. Like, we know God is holy, but he also understands our weakness. And he's a merciful and sympathetic high priest who invites us to the throne when we need mercy and grace. And so um, for those who are wanting to change or they don't know how, that's what you do. Start writing out your feelings. Get it out of your head. Stop trying to figure it out solely just in your mind, but also listen and then act on the voice.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice, man. I really love that. And I think that anyone who is listening to that Definitely should take um, that advice to heart and start to practice those things. Just specifically for me, if anything, my advice to people would be definitely, and what I've done is just prayer, like prayer, 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 and asking myself the why, just like Gabriel was saying, just why, God, do I feel this way? Or, you know, start to look inward, and that was something that I learned in therapy as well so um asking the why and then bringing that why to the lord and just being like lord i need your help with this i need your strength through this and reading the bible reading the word so that you can affirm your identity within yourself in the best way because it's our identity doesn't come from the things that we're feeling or the things that we are going through our identity comes from what god says about us so yeah so what are you currently doing right now gabriel like what what is some things that people can see from you on social media or um just things that you want to advertise
1: um so right now um we have god of the rainbow like i said and so our heart is to to equip the church um we are wanting to partner and give resources to disciple get testimonies out equip families on how to love their loved ones who are in the lgbtq uh, community as well as um, I will be working on a very special documentary um, that we'll be filming next year, um, and I haven't been super, super vocal about it, but I'm very excited, um, I'm connecting with some awesome people, and we're doing outreach, I can't go into detail just yet, but um, mm-hmm. it's just you know, It's time for the church to be defibrillated and to actually move with compassion and move into relationship with people out of the LGBTQ um, so that Christ can be shown um, and that people can be one to the Lord. Um, so yeah. Uh, for the most part right now, um, I'm working on this documentary and <laughs> that's like the biggest thing besides our, we're trying to put together a conference for God of the Rainbow which will be awesome too. We'll, we'll get that set up, but I really feel like right now the key is the documentary.
0: That is so awesome. I mean, I love to see that, especially because... The reason I do this podcast and the reason why I share my testimony so frequently and why I talk about things like pornography and sex addiction is because, you know, it's just not spoken about that much in, in the church culture. And I think these were things that were spoken about, even we things that we read about in First Corinthians and, you know, in the early church so definitely to address them so that people aren't scared of LGBT within the church and and know how to guide and know how to teach them. So if you guys are interested in checking out Gabriel and the work that he's doing and you know maybe sending over some donations or whatever is on his page, please go check him out. He's doing an amazing work and he's just part of um what I would say my brother in Christ and one of the few people who are speaking about um a, a life in freedom with Christ, a life that's away from homosexual lifestyle. So um, thank you guys so much for joining us on this podcast. Hopefully we will have Gabriel back on soon again. We have so much to talk about besides just um, his own personal testimony, so many other different topics. Um, and if you have anything that, y- y- you know, if you if you have comments or questions that you want me to ask Gabriel um, or to address on a future podcast, please email me at united12 at gmail.com the 12 is spelled out so united12 at gmail.com and I'll be able to answer you guys there you can send me just emails about your testimonies or just questions if you have any um, well thank you so much Gabriel for joining me and for Absolutely. <laughs> for sharing your story man it's, it's a beautiful story and I know that it's going to give a lot of courage and um, encouragement to those people out there who are listening who think Maybe they're alone, they're alone in their feelings, and what's, what's one last thing that you could say to someone who is dealing with same-sex attraction?
1: Um, this isn't the end of the road for you. Um, in a world where there are so many voices that are screaming, and this is how it's supposed to be, and just be yourself, and this is love, and you, know, you don't have to be ashamed of who you are. What you're feeling is the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and if you just understand that no matter what you do, Jesus is with you, He's right beside you. He's willing to help you with your issues. Um, then the, the hurdle of your own personal emotions, the things that you feel like that are crushing you, um, that begins to lose the weight, that, that heaviness, um, even spiritually. Like when you realize that Jesus is for you and he's next to you and he's with you, he's committed to relationship with you. Um, it's just as simple as calling out his name. And so I would just say, you know, the word even says, cry aloud, like spare not, like be willing to be a fool, get out of yourself, cry out to God. You know, it doesn't matter if you're going to go hang out and you know, you don't need to be doing something or whatever, or you feel like you just acted out and binged, just go to Jesus, no matter what's going on, lean into Jesus. And that's where life is.
0: That's amazing. That's (laughs) amazing stuff, man. Thank you so much for that. Well, guys, we've come to the end of this podcast. I hope that you have enjoyed it, but it is time to say goodbye. So I hope you guys have an amazing, awesome day. And I hope that the Lord has blessed you with these words from Gabriel and, um, and just our conversation today. So peace out, guys. I hope you have a great morning. Bye.